All right. This is Inappropriate Earl in the house. And uh, it's been a weird week for Inappropriate Earl because I did maybe one of my favorite episodes ever with the great Doug Fager, super funny comic, great roast battler. And uh, I was going to release it on Monday, but I got so excited about it. I was going to release it yesterday, Thursday. And I went to edit it and no sound. So uh, Doug's coming back next week. First time ever a guest has had to come back and re-record an episode. But such is life. But my energy drink kicked in. And this is uh, somewhat of a test episode. Um, a little recap of UFC 207. Really just of the last fight. You know, I don't think most of my audience knows who uh, TJ Dillashaw is and, uh, you know, John Lineker. But uh, it's kind of a sad day in MMA because Ronda Rousey just got her ass kicked for the second fight in a row. And Amanda Nunes, who looks like a man uh, and hits like a man, uh, beat Ronda in 48 seconds. And it's crazy because it's like, I don't think I've ever recalled in my lifetime someone looking so dominant in a sport like Ronda Rousey. And now she's probably going to retire. I guess kind of Mike Tyson would fit that. You know, I don't, uh, you know, Mike Tyson was unstoppable. And then, you know, in his last few wins, I think, were the start of his downfall. You know, so many people think that Mike Tyson's downfall was the obvious loss to Buster Douglas. Uh, but I think the downfall happened in his last few fights before the Buster Douglas fight. And I'm only talking about that because I think the same thing happened with Rousey. You know, with Buster Douglas uh, and Tyson, um, Tyson clearly wasn't himself. And I think he developed some bad habits in his previous fights that he had won. You know, specifically the two Razor Ruddock fights, where if you remember those fights, and I know these fights are like 20 years ago, but, you know, Razor Ruddock was really the first guy to not just stand directly in front of Tyson and take his best shots, but he also gave Tyson some shots. You know, in other words, he looked at Tyson and said, you can hit me all you want, buddy, and I'm going to fire back. And I think... Tyson being the ultimate schoolyard bully, I think that fucked with his head. And I think, uh, you know, you, I guess uh, I misspoke. You know, you probably saw the same thing with Fedor, too. You know, a lot of people point to Fedor's downfall as the uh, Fabrizio Verdum fight, which was really his first loss, his first actual loss. But to me, like, Fedor's downfall was... Um, you know, his last couple wins, you know, you look at the one fight uh, where he was kind of fighting sloppy against Andre Arlovsky. And uh, for some godforsaken reason, <laughs> Arlovsky decided to fly in with a Superman punch, which he's never done before. And Fedor caught him perfectly. Um, but Fedor, before that was, you know, Arlovsky was kind of dominating the fight. And then uh, a couple fights later, 
Fedor fought uh, Brett Rogers, who was completely new to MMA, was working at a tire store two years before the Fedor fight. And up until the point where Fedor got, you might say, lucky with uh, one of his, you know, wild flying rights, uh, Brett Rogers was winning the fight, which, you know, probably isn't a real good indicator that a guy who has basically no MMA experience is beating a legend. And I think this all relates back to Ronda Rousey because in her last couple wins, you know, she would just walk straight ahead, walk right through these girls' punches, you know, Beth Cohea, you know, and, uh, you know, some of the other girls that she fought, you know, she didn't really have good defense, virtually no foot movement. She would literally just walk right at these girls. She'd absorb some shots, and then she'd get them in the clinch, do the judo throw and the arm bar. And uh, that might have been good enough against some of these girls, but, you know, it wasn't good enough against uh, Holly Holm. Um, and it certainly wasn't good enough tonight against Amanda Nunes. And, you know, in the Holm-Nunes uh, fights, uh, she just didn't seem prepared, you know, and like it's mind-blowing to me that in the home fight you would try and sit there and trade with a beyond a world-class kickboxer slash boxer. And uh, I really believe that uh, it has to do with the training camp she's in because uh, they clearly tell her whatever she wants to hear because even tonight, you know, Rousey was just kind of flat-footed, standing right in front of Amanda Nunes, trying to trade blows with her. And that's crazy to me. Um, I mean, she hits like a truck. And she was basically knocked out standing up before uh, Herb Dean uh, mercifully stopped it. And uh, I can't see Ronda Rousey never fighting again. I mean, you know, unless they build her up Bill Goldberg style and just give her tomato cans to fight. But now the kind of, you know, mystique is definitely gone now. I mean, you know, I think with the Holly Holm fight, they probably, you know, people wrote it off as, hey, you know, it's a fluke. Everyone loses in MMA. But now these are two severe losses, especially in this fight tonight, 48 seconds. Uh, I mean, you know, if your vision's bad, you would have, thought that Ronda Rousey was fighting a, a young Vitor Belfort tonight. So uh, I've been completely blown away by uh, the results of the fight. You know, I thought Rousey would win. I thought she'd, you know, withstand the early barrage by uh, what you knew would come from Amanda Nunes, but uh, she didn't. And uh, my MMA prediction uh, capabilities are pretty bad in the first place. I mean... I also thought James Tony would beat Randy Couture because I thought Couture would, you know, try and just lunge in with a, a takedown and Tony would hit him with an uppercut. And then, uh, you know, I was right. Couture did go for a takedown. The problem for Tony is he got it. <laughs> and then uh, you could tell in that fight, uh, Tony uh, probably did virtually uh, no uh, training for the ground and pound. And, uh, you know, going back to Rousey's training, I mean, I just, 
I don't know what they do in her camp, but they don't prepare her well for strikers. And, uh, you know, I remember in the Holly Holm fight, uh, Edmund uh, kept saying in between rounds, you look great, champ. You look great. Well, she's getting hammered. Uh, so uh, it's kind of an end of an era, I suppose, for Ronda Rousey. I mean, uh, it's kind of mind-blowing that someone could start in the sport so dominant I mean, let's look back to her Goldberg type of streak where she was beating people within the first round. And, uh, wow, it's pretty amazing. Kind of a bummer. And then, uh, I don't know, uh, you got to feel for Dana White in the UFC. You know you know they didn't want Amanda Nunes to win because, I mean, she's not the most marketable person. You know, Brazilian, barely speaks English, looks like a dude. I mean, what endorsements is she going to lock down in America? You know, whereas Rousey is, uh, you know, very pretty and, you know, she's got that great smile and, you know, she's made for commercials and TV and movies. And, uh, you know, if there's anything good that comes from this uh, debacle at uh, UFC 207, uh, it's probably that we now won't see uh, the remake of Roadhouse that uh, Ronda Rousey was in. Uh, talks to star end. So I guess there is a silver lining in every crowd. Cloud and a crowd. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a kind of a bummer because I was hoping Rousey would win and then you'd have great fights possibly with like, you know, maybe a rematch with Holly Holm and, you know, maybe Cyborg, uh, although Cyborg just got popped for... Uh, roids or something you know who knows what that dude's taking and uh you know now it's like you know they did virtually no promotion for this fight featuring amanda nunez which is crazy she's the champ she just dominated another champ and uh you know and misha tate and it's like you know, every like literally 95% of the promotion for this fight was Ronda Rousey, uh, I think, running up Runyon Canyon. Uh, I mean, she looked great. I mean, if you saw her at the weigh-in yesterday, uh, she looked amazing, shredded, you know, a little gaunt. So, uh, you know, maybe she uh, the weight cut was an extreme one for her. Uh, but she looked focused, determined, you know, she wasn't on late night talk shows, wasn't guest starring on Entourage or doing uh, commercials for telephone companies. I mean, you know, I just don't, uh, I would love to see Rousey if she ever does fight again. And I don't think she will, but, you know, she needs a better strategy. You know, I'd love to see her with like a Greg Jackson, you know, because he would have a game plan of don't go directly at this person if they're a striker, you know. Uh, you know, I don't know what he would tell her, but you know, he, I just think, uh, that Glendale fighting club, uh, you know, you look at what they've done with, uh, you know, Rousey and, you know, she's gotten her ass kicked the last two fights. Travis Brown looked, uh, uh, completely, uh, out of the loop against Fabricio Verdum, uh, which I think was his last fight. And, you know, that's a dude, uh, who's actually dating Ronda Rousey. So that can't be a happy household. Uh, maybe they could put their dog in a dog fighting ring and get a winner back in there. But, uh, you know, uh, I would love to just see Rousey. Uh, and, you know, the good thing is she doesn't need to fight anymore. You know, she made $3 million for this fight. 
Amanda Nunes made, I think, 100000 Well, she got uh, performance of the night. Uh, or uh, she got some bonus tonight, fifty grand. Rousey got the fifty grand too. So uh, I think, she, uh, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Rousey didn't get the fifty grand, but uh, Amanda did. And then, uh, of course, the fight of the night I think was uh, Dominic Cruz and uh, Cody. Cody G. I like that Cody G guy. He's a little shit talker. Kind of like very McGregor like though. You know, he talked a lot of shit, but he backed it up. You know, he made it look pretty easy against Dominic Cruz and. Dominic Cruz is pretty dominant, uh, but he looked uh, like a fish out of water. Just couldn't get going. And then uh, TJ Dillashaw and uh, another earlier fight on the main card looked amazing. I mean, uh, he uh, dominated John Lineker, who's a tough little bastard. Uh, you know, I've never seen a head like that, though. It looked like he swallowed like two ham hocks on either side of his face. I mean, so, uh, you know. Definitely, uh, he won't be allowed to, uh, you know, ride in downtown Dallas in a convertible with that head, if you know what I'm saying. It's a little political joke for you. So, I mean, uh, I think we got uh, about uh, 17 more days till Trump takes over. Watch out. Get, get the uh, hoods and sheets ready in the South. But, uh, but hey, at least we have a first lady we can jack off to now, right? I mean, you got to give Trump that. He might be racist misogynistic homophobic a pig completely disregards uh the normal laws of society in terms of politics but uh he's got a wife that looks like the drummer from white snake so you got that going and uh that was the last uh card of 2016 so you know Hope 2017, there's some good fights coming up. You know, of course, the bummer about UFC 207. Uh, and you, you guys know who listened to Inappropriate Earl. You know I love me some heavyweight fights. But, uh, you know, Fabricio Verdum and Cain Velasquez were supposed to fight tonight. And uh, Velasquez got hurt again. You got to feel for that, dude. You know, he no one trains harder than him, but maybe that's the problem. You know, trains too hard. I mean, if you've ever seen his camp with Daniel Cormier and uh luke rockhold i mean those guys basically their training camps are like fights every day so uh hopefully uh, he figures it out you know heavyweight division is kind of in a weird uh you know weird spot right now you got steep amy you know he doesn't look like he's gonna go anywhere anytime soon you know he's the top and then you got kind of a bunch of older dudes and you know i think verdum's 38 you know velasquez he's no spring chicken um, you know, another teammate of Velasquez getting, you know, uh, Cormier, he gets hurt a lot. Uh, so, uh, you know, the heavyweight division is kind of in a state of weirdness because, you know, after, uh, Miocic, there's really, I mean, I guess you'd say Verdum's the number two guy, maybe Velasquez, but you can't really count on Velasquez at this point. He always gets hurt. You know, I think he's fought like twice in two years. And uh, then you, you got some, I don't want to say young and up, up and coming guys, but up and coming, uh, you know, like Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, uh, you know, uh, Stefan Struz, a real dark horse. You know, he's kind of young. You know, he's got like a, a bazillion fights, but he's not that old. So, uh, you know, he's got to watch out for, but he's got that heart problem. So who knows, you know, what that's uh, going on. And 
you know, of course, over in Bellator, I'm already nervous for this fight, but uh, comedy store favorite Matt Mitrione is fighting Fedor. And, uh, geez, I don't want to see that fight. I don't think it's going to end too well for uh, my Russian uh, comrade. But uh, who knows? Maybe he lands one of those wacky rights. And uh, you know, I don't want to see these old guys fight anymore. That's why I'm glad Dan Henderson retired. But I have a feeling we'll see Henderson fight again. You can just tell he's not done. He's a competitive dude. And, you know, it's hard to say uh, no to the money, you know. But Henderson, you know, he's got his own gym and stuff. So, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, they don't really save their money. And a lot of them didn't really make a lot of money to save. So that's why they keep fighting and stuff. But, uh, you know, thank you guys for the love and support on Inappropriate Earl. You guys are great. You know, this has been a very short edition of Inappropriate Earl. But sometimes these are the ones that do the best. I know the last two uh, I did about the presidential debates uh, got some of my higher numbers of note recently. But uh, I just ran out of energy talking about Trump and Hillary and you know, I mean, I don't think there's ever been an election with two worst candidates ever. It's like literally choosing between, you know, syphilis and herpes. And, uh, you know, it's kind of getting interesting. Obama seems like he's trying to fuck over Trump by putting in sanctions and all these weird laws that Trump is going to have to deal with. And uh, I can't wait for that inauguration handoff. It's going to be real awkward. It's like me taking the guy who, you know, fucked my last girlfriend out to dinner um but that's another podcast and that fool will be exposed sooner than later these la comics are unbelievable everyone nice to your face and then they stab you in the back or you know grab your ex-girlfriend as soon as they can and then they ask to be on your podcast what the fuck unbelievable these people i've got to deal with on a nightly basis i mean la comedy might be you know, there's great people in L.A. comedy. Ryan Stout, Ralphie May, uh, you know, a lot of good people. You know, Eddie If, Jason Galern, Theo Vaughn. And then I could go on for another hour about the scumbags in this business. But that's all right. You know, karma has a weird way of collecting. Just like the Ultimate Warrior said in his hour-long shoot video against Hulk Hogan, which I highly recommend. There's two... Uh, YouTube videos of Ultimate Warrior shooting on Hulk Hogan. One's only like eight minutes, like a highlight type of teaser. And then uh, then there's the full hour one, which I very highly recommend. Uh, it's really uh, unbelievable. You know, I've never seen a guy uh, talk for an hour without taking a breath. And, uh, you know, this was such bitter and anger and hatefulness and then when he got inducted into the uh wwe hall of fame he i think he kind of let go of his bitterness and anger and then uh, literally died uh, two days later so uh if you're bitter and angry out there don't let go of it carry it in a good way it'll make you a better person and uh, at least that's my philosophy i might as well just change my name to barry bitter at this point but the podcast keeps me going until I record an hour and a half one that might have been the best episode I've ever recorded with Doug Fager. And I go to edit it and there's just like a flat line where the sound file should be. So welcome to Hollywood, baby. 
But uh, should be a good year coming up for Inappropriate Earl. We got Stephen Piercy and Fred Corey, the drummer from Cinderella and Arcade. They're going to come on together at the same time. And we're going to talk about the arcade reunion that's uh, never going to happen. But it'll be fun to have them uh, on my couch. And, uh, you know, I think this is the year I get Gene Simmons on. Got some uh, inroads that I haven't had yet. And then... uh, some good things personally coming up for me. I'm on a Showtime show called uh, I'm Dying Up Here. And I'm not a regular, but, uh, you know, I'm uh, like a recurring character. It's a pretty funny role. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. And then, of course, Roast Battle. Uh, you know, I don't know of my role yet on uh, Roast Battle, but like my favorite pro wrestler, Sting, says... Expect the unexpected. And you never know when you might see Daddy shirtless on Comedy Central again. And uh, also look for me uh, on something I can't talk about yet, but you'll be hearing my voice. You won't see me. You'll hear my voice. And uh, so that's fun. And then, uh, you know, at the comedy store a lot, uh, you know, get a couple spots a week there. So if you're uh, local in L.A., just go to the comedy store, tell them you're there to see Earl Skakel. I'm the only Earl up there, and uh, you'll be given the VIP treatment because everyone loves Daddy. Well, not everyone up there because there's some people who did some things they shouldn't be doing, but uh, those people will be exposed sooner than later. Uh, that's a whole other podcast, though. So I just want to say thank you, guys. Uh, you know, I do the podcast for you guys. You know, I love doing it. Love to have people in my home that I only love and respect of course sometimes that respect doesn't go both ways but uh you know what are you gonna do welcome to hollywood it's a coal business and if you own a deli in hollywood it's a coal cup business and uh, that might be the worst joke i've ever told on this show but i still work it you know but i love you guys this has been a you know kind of a abbreviated inappropriate earl you know where we're at soundcloud and itunes you can follow me on instagram and twitter at Earl Skakel, E-A-R-L-S-K-A-K-E-L. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate all the support. You know, if you guys could blast this out on Twitter and Instagram or however you guys can. Sounds corny to say, but the more people to hear this, you know, the better the guests are. And if you can leave a review on iTunes, that would be pretty cool too. It's not necessary. I know everyone's busy. But, uh, you know, I know sometimes you guys kind of, not complain, but are like, we don't really know who your guests are. Uh, you know, well, celebrities aren't going to go on a podcast that gets 100 downloads. So, you know what I'm saying? So everyone help daddy out. And 2017 will be the biggest year for Inappropriate Earl. And you guys can say you are on the ground floor. <laughs> <laughs>